Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, sustainable growth. How do we make that happen? Podcasters and YouTubers don't really have the power to do that, but we certainly can be working toward that and trying to make positive efforts in, in that regard because everybody benefits if we can have sustainable growth, enduring growth, lasting growth in the hobby that we all love. Thanks, sponsors, Topps, Panini, and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, and CompC.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Creating, Beckett Authentication. Enjoy the conversation. Here it is. When you see that the more educated you get, the more success you have, either as a collector or an investor, I would imagine you have a better time and you're less likely to get burned. And maybe you lose a bit of money on a card or you don't buy the perfect time, but at least you're getting smarter every week and every month. I know that that's helped me invest more and collect more and just be more enthusiastic, but especially as content creators that put in a lot of effort and we want people to enjoy the hobby because it's fun when people comment on your videos saying, wow, uh, thanks so much, I've learned so much from you. That's very fulfilling. So how can we keep that person's momentum going throughout the next wave, whatever that may be? Well, any, the, any specific? No, ideas? but the challenge is to keep it going, not in a bull market, but in a mixed market that some things go up and some things go down. That's going to be the challenge going forward because I think that's the new reality. But hasn't the market always been that way? Especially when now that we're back to normal player performance where people are having good years or people like Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez are basically out for the season. So the interest in their cards decreased, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. is having a really nice year and people are now looking at his cards again. So aren't we on some levels really getting back to a normalcy? No. What's different now, the swings are wilder now. Things go up faster and they go down faster. So it's a different market than my, it was a few years ago. They're still going up and down, but they go way up and way down. But my point was that it's still a more player driven again. Like last year, one of the issues that happened, we didn't have sports for four months, five months. Nobody went down. Because why should right. it go down? Because you're all banking on the potential. Now that we're seeing what's happening. And that's one of the differences too, that we're back to a normalcy we didn't have a year ago. I go back to the way up and way down. It goes back to the whole, there's more information out there quickly. Like even five years ago, I wouldn't have a laptop sitting in front of me at this whole thing. It would be a piece of paper or you'd be getting your box score still from a printed paper that is now like 12 hours too old and only had limited data. Now you can break that down instantly pretty much through multiple websites on how somebody's doing by the minute or by the pitch. So it causes bigger rises and falls. I think one of the key things about just going back to this core idea about how to keep people in is really keeping people engaged and making them, one of the things I've learned a lot inside this industry and outside is come up with ways to make people feel like they're part of the content. Make them feel like they're building that with you. That goes back to Jay's point earlier, we were talking about community. It really makes people feel like they're building this brand and this community with you and it's really hard to leave something like that. It's hard to leave something that you feel like you're really a part of and then encourage people to find what they want out of it. Find what you like collecting. It may be the most, the weirdest off the wall thing, but that's fine. If that's what you like, focus on that. And then help them, you know, get there. So in, in whatever ways you can, find out ways, you know, to just increase engagement and you know, find ways to let people feel like they're part of the content. I actually want to piggyback on that to ask the more YouTube specific members in here, how do you do that on YouTube? Like why I love Twitter is because that's where I do that. But on YouTube, how do you bring in the audience in that way? How do you keep them friends, not just viewers? Somebody who consistently talks to me and beside their name, favorite player, favorite 
team favorite whatever. I go through Rich's box, I see an interesting player or an interesting card. So you're doing your CRM just like you did in your business. Yeah, uh, and, but it's not necessarily for business purposes. Dude, this guy's going to like this card. I like this card. He likes this card. I was thinking of it. So, of course, being in the engagement, I'll say, hey, card's on your way. Found a cool card. Not going to tell you what it is. He tries way harder than I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what he was saying about making everyone feel. You said YouTube? I reply to every comment. Yeah. You know, and that got beaten into me by Mike, who is no longer here because he talked about it. Even if it's somebody new you don't know, or they say, thank you. At the bare minimum, thank you. But like every aspect of our hobby, whether it be the bloggers, the Twitter folk, it's all clickish. You get your little group of 10 people, 15, 20 people. Nothing wrong with that. But those people, okay, they get a paragraph reply because they gave me a paragraph. And we talk in, in those things, and that's a slow burn on gaining. Though these are you know, people that are not going out necessarily trying to buy follows or just following everybody to get follows back, which I've done that in the past, so whatever. <laughs> but in general, just replying to everybody, making them feel a part of whether it's a podcast and they're responding to you on Twitter because you shared your podcast, hey, John, love this. Just responding, literally, that's how you build community. You talk. I'll go even one step further. I'll respond to negative comments. Someone says, hey, I don't agree or you're wrong. I'll respectfully sometimes I'll say, you know what? I see your point. So, if you respond even to someone who maybe is coming from a, a negative place, they're going to say, hey, he even took time to talk to me or respond to me who wasn't complimentary or wasn't very supportive. But I think that goes a long way to showing who you are. I, I specifically try really hard to learn your name and to learn where you're from. Hey, which, which name, which, which team do you like? Or try to make that a little bit important. So when they jump back on it, oh, it's David. What's my first name? Oh, it's Ken. We don't respond to Ken. <laughs> I'm loud because he knows. <laughs> Something too I want to say is that we're all attracted to interviewing like the heads of state in the hobby. But what about the normal guys? When I got started doing interviews in 2016, I just interviewed another Frank Thomas collector, and just we, he, I had met him the year prior, and we just got on a banter for like half an hour. It was great. And then put that video online, and now he's a part of that. He feels like more part of my channel. And he doesn't own a company. He's like the rest of us. We're like normal people. So it's cool to reach out to people who are listening to your blog, and they're just you're, you're their regular viewers. And, and it's nice to showcase them because they're special too. Everybody is, right? I think a random viewer would be like, hey, want to have you on for talking about your collection or something. That's how it's me. Uh, I think they like that. I've had some good response from that. I'd agree with that. That's something we try to do on our show is if you have something interesting or we've had someone who has every Ginter card autographed by the, the living anyway, the, that are living signed their card. We had them on for a quick few minutes. Really interesting dude, really interesting collection. It was not Tracy Hackler, Panini, or George Carlin at to Protect. Chris love, love both George of us. George, 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 George. <laughs> I'm horrible with names, I'm sorry. That's um, a good one. Y'all knew who I meant. But uh, th that's the thing, we, we try to bring on the regular people. We always ask for questions of, what content do you see that you want to hear talked about? Or what do you guys think about thing that we saw? to drive them back to interact with us and get to know, know other people better? Or who are some new people in the hobby that you like and what reasons do you like them for? And we'll go and check them out, maybe invite them on. One thing that's worked a lot on YouTube, and I forgot the threshold, if it's a 1,000 or 100 subscribers, but live streaming is amazing. Oh. Live streaming is just, here I am, 
hear your comments, I can put your comments up on the screen, I can talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, and now I'm building this interaction without writing a script, editing a video, doing all of that, and nothing builds community faster on YouTube, in my opinion, than live streaming. I just forgot what the threshold is that YouTube allows. Is it a thousand? Okay, but it's amazing. It's great because you're like, oh, I just have a live stream tonight, hop on, what's up guys, da -da -da -da. and then, hey, good to see you here, you're always in the house, how's it going? Da -da -da. You're just interacting one-on-one -on -one with 10 people, 20, 50, 100, all at the same time, then when you're done, it's done. I think it's a thousand if you're using like a device. If you're on your actual laptop, it's, I don't know that there even is a minimum because I can stream live and I've got Less than 500. Okay. Another way is building out either like a Discord group or a Facebook group. So people are always going to be asking questions and they're going to be talking to you. And you can go out there and answer those questions, engage with people all the time. And it's real time feedback, just like the comment sections. You can go out there with that. Instagram Live has been an interesting one for me. I, I see different interaction there than I do on any other platform because I, I think that it's a younger crowd that's not necessarily being reached through your traditional blogs or your older YouTube. So say, who has the most TikTok followers in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you've done a great job of getting a lot of people onto your podcast. Frankly, I've never heard of, and they always have great stories. Like one of my favorites is the blind guy whose wife oh, describes Rocco. all the cars yeah. there. So, just give us a little background on how you find some of these people. Rocco, he gets a shout out every Saturday night <laughs> from Jeremy on yep. Sports Cards Live because he's always there. And I'm just thinking, you're watching this show. Oh, wait a minute, he's blind. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. But the thing is, you don't know that somebody's amazing until you hear their story. And Rocco it was a good example of that. And there are others. I have this guy, Rich Klein, that comes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the only one then. She's my, Rich is my wife's favorite host, I think, of, of my I'm show. Bob, I'm the Bob Uecker, if you're old enough to understand. Oh, gosh. Like, I'm the Bob Uecker. Bill, on his point, being in the position that I'm in working at the company I work in, sometimes I am asked to interview heads of state or whatever, but I get much more enjoyment personally out of interviewing the twins collector who has much rather talk to that person. Finding enjoyment in what you do, you directly, sometimes you just have to do stuff that you just don't want to do, but you bring those guys back by following up with something that you can clearly see the enjoyment in. I have a lot of those interviews where I've faked my way through it. But then the next episode or the episode after that, there's pure enjoyment in, in that episode on, on, and there's a connection on both ends there. But then there's a mix of- Did you have something like Yeah, that? I was gonna just follow up on that. Uh, so as an editor, like a lot of people come up and say what's up and get a small clip of it. I try and include every little interaction because they took their time out of their way and said what's up. And to reward them, like it's maybe even five, 10 seconds in the video, but it means the world to them at that moment. And for us, it's just like, it's a small moment in our time and just including them in the blog content and it doesn't hurt to just add every little interaction. It adds up, but it's what, maybe like two, three minutes of your main video. Something I'll add to that is like, you guys will see in our day one, day two, day three vlogs, this is a lot different. We're not walking around the show anymore. I'm set up and we're like doing deals, but like all these people are coming up like, oh, I want to show you LeBron. And they come up and they show and like, hey, we saw your vlogs. And they like, you're right. Someone hit a home run tonight, man. You wanted them to feel a part of, man. You got to bring them in. And that's what we, dude, everyone's come up to us and they're like, man, we love the content. And then they'll bring that cool card and they'll tell a story and I'll just smile and talk with them. Like, where are you from? Or we'll see a kid and we like put a stack of cards this big and we're just handing them out, handing them out. We're not filming each one but we're just handing them out and then we the dad you see the dad turn i'm like oh that was so nice and like 
when I was a kid, like you can go get blasters and all that stuff and it was fine. But now kids can't buy cards anymore. The bigger picture here is I almost try to not make it about me anymore at these shows. I try to put them into it and they're part of the story. And you'll see it in the vlogs this time. It's cool. Going from what Eric said, enjoying what you're doing, but going back to something that I had said earlier. Okay, those of you that know me, I'm not a fit for Jeff's show. There's nothing wrong with that. But I am have been with Eric multiple times. I've been with Steph and his team. So there's no secret there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things in the hobby. Mm -hmm. If you are more of a collector folks, do you need to have those heads of state and vice versa? I'm not a fit for a lot of the folks in here and I have no problem with that. I understand what area of it I'm in. So don't alienate your core audience are great. That's you know, what I was trying to say. By uh, bringing on somebody that really just doesn't fit your typical core audience because every channel is trying to at some level put together their own community and you want to continue to appeal to that community and not have them click that unsubscribe button. Uh, getting Ken on a positive note is a good way to end. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.